in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Oh, who's this? <laughs> um, hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I think. Uh, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. If he hasn't moved, I don't know. It's been a while since I talked to him. Um, we've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Mm-hmm. Well, every other week or so. <laughs> so we missed last week, and you felt so guilty about it. It was silly. I did. I felt really guilty. I don't like, you know... You guys, I'm, I'm not talking to Joe right now. You guys. Joe was like... What if we just do like a quick 10-minute episode where we just say we're not going to do an episode? It's like, why are we going to get everything together to record to say we're not going to record? Mike, I just want to say a few words if I can. <laughs> it's so glad to be here back on the podcast. And it's so back to be, it's so nice to be back here with you, Mike Lawson. <laughs> and you, the crew. And you... The people out there in the dark. This is like Sunset Boulevard. <gasps> Wonderful people out there in the dark. <laughs> and we'll make another podcast and another podcast. <laughs> so you, you, you've been busy. I, I bet you have a million great stories to tell me then. <laughs> Look at your notes. What do your notes say? Mike, you know that I told you you're using secret information. <laughs> that I ran in the door from a writing session today, and I have no... I'm going by the seat of my pants today, people. This is going to be pure broadcasting. No notes. No prep. It's going to mm. be like uh, instant gratification. <laughs> it's going to be a complete shit show. <laughs> I just need uh, a girl to yell at me. Yeah. To be mean to everything you say. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Joey, what's going on? Tell me a story. Tell me something good. You know, I just thought of this right now because my whole seat of the pants thing. But my friends, Michael and Julia, announced to me today, and I want your thought. Not today, yesterday. Actually, the day before yesterday. But um, they announced to me that uh, Michael uh, is left for New York yesterday. Left for New York. And, they're, and then Julia's joining him in a month. And they're not going to be back until the fall. What? Yeah, Mike has two movies to shoot back to back. Okay. So. So is their place empty? Yeah, and they already said they were like, uh, "Do you want to watch our dog and stay here?" And I was like, "Oh God, remember the dog from a year ago?" But why not? I might do it. I don't know. I'm torn because I, I, I am not respond. I can barely take care of myself. Maybe this so, will be good for you. So to take care of another living thing, yeah. like how, and then also like I'm gonna be with the dog for months now if I take care of it. You know how did you deal? Because I know Lancet the pug mm-hmm. left. Yeah. 
His last day was last Thursday. How was that for you? Um, I'm I'm sad. I'm I'm a, I make jokes that I'm more sad to see the dog go. Um, if you guys don't know, I work with a wonderful young woman named Heather, or I did, who is relocating to Arizona for because uh, her boyfriend is going to med school. So she quit and she brought a dog into work every day. His name's Lancet the pug cutest little thing and he basically became my dog i saw him every day at work you know um so i made jokes that i was sad i was more sad about him leaving than her but i do i am gonna miss her more but i don't know i i also said when he was leaving i was like he's not gonna remember me next time he sees me when is he gonna see you next time i have no idea maybe never again does she she, did she move to phoenix um yeah mesa actually but to to somebody who doesn't live in Phoenix, it's the same thing. Uh, okay. Now, do you think you'll see her when you got to Phoenix to see your parents or It's possible. I mean, my parents live so far out there. They she actually lives closer to my parents than like Brian Gregory or uh Curtis live. Um, but it, my parents live in like the middle of nowhere, so like when I go out there, I fly in, I don't have a car, so like I don't know. I just feel like when I'm there, I see my parents and that's it. Have you ever been to Amy's Baking Company? <laughs> no. I'm familiar, though. Even before, for those of you who don't know, it's a it's a, notor- a restaurant that was notoriously awful on um, Kitchen Nightmares. But had you yeah. heard of it before Kitchen yeah, Nightmares? Yeah, so in Phoenix, uh, the New Times covered her. She had like a Yelp scandal where she somebody left a negative review on Yelp for her and she publicly in the Yelp comments tore him a new one and like made fun of him and she was like uh maybe you're dining alone on a Friday because nobody wants to be your friend you're pathetic and all of this so it was actually it sounds like how you talk to me yeah pretty much uh-huh. um so she she was he kind of well it, known as being, he admits it she was well known for being a crazy before she went national oh so anyway so back to my story do you think that I should yes house it for this dog. Yeah, I think that would be good for you. You know what I'm thinking of doing? I just got to get me myself a think brand of new car. Think all the grinder hookups you can have. <laughs> you know that's one of their big fears. That you would have like a grinder hookup and then you're like tied up in their house as it gets like burglarized. Oh, no, oh, oh, they don't care about my well-being. They they're care about afraid, their stuff. They're, they're afraid someone from Grinder will know where they live. <laughs> oh yeah they are weird and secretive i'm surprised yeah, they let yeah. you talk about them on this show they don't know they don't listen to the show oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> but then the other problem i have is i have so i do have a lot of personal stories that i would love to share and i'll share with you them with you off the air yeah but those people listen to the show oh yeah so now i can't tell those stories sure i get that I um I had a group of boys and girls club uh, past in- coworkers come to town. So there's a big national conference in. It was in San Francisco this year of boys and girls club professionals. So I had like a dozen or more coworkers from when I used to be a youth development professional myself, and um, I was invited to dinner by the president and CEO of the org that I worked at in Arizona. And he brought us to, like, this fancy uh, seafood place near Fisherman's Wharf. It was delicious. But, Joey, I have never socialized with 
pretty well everybody except for one person in the group i've never socialized with any of them outside of work like not even i'm glad you're talking about this because my next story is sort of related to this so go on i'm interested so i've never even like gone to lunch with any of them right so it's um just was just professional and like the black militant lesbian still work for them the black militant lesbian didn't you have some black militant lesbian who worked for Boys and Girls Club? Um, yeah, you're thinking of in Southern California though. So I oh, worked oh, in oh, oh. Boys and Girls Club in Southern California before I moved to Arizona. So, um, and she doesn't. She got fired. But <gasps> for being black or militant, <laughs> neither or lesbian, neither. None of those. Um, but this dinner I went to, Joey, it was like nachos. You had nachos at a what? seafood place. Who had nachos? Didn't you just say nachos? No. Okay, go on. Um, my my old boss was there, but then like my old boss's boss is there too. So it was like people that were when I worked there, I was like really professional around. Um, but so my friend Jennifer used to work with me in Arizona. Now she lives in San Francisco. So we met up a little bit early to chat and to have some drinks. So by the time this whole group got to the restaurant, we were both already buzzed. Just a little bit, but like... Like, anybody can tell that you're buzzed. You get red like a tomato. You know what? I don't... That doesn't happen anymore. Oh. It's weird. I don't really know why I stopped doing that. But I used to get, like, uncomfortable and red. Like, bright, bright red. And it was painful and splotchy. But that doesn't happen anymore. So I'm like... Feeling good, not drunk, but like feeling good and comfortable. And uh, we sit down to eat and I'm like, you know, just enjoying this conversation with people. There's something really liberating about like not caring about anything. So like we were having conversation and talking and I was like telling my story. I was asking questions, but like ultimately I knew I don't really care about, you know, much with them anymore. I used to care a lot. But, like, we at one point got onto the the topic of the cost of living in San Francisco versus the cost of living in Phoenix. And they know I work at a nonprofit still. And, like, somebody mentioned something about, like, how it probably is difficult or something like that. And I was like, actually, you know, uh, some nonprofits actually pay their employees, you know, (gasps) a a wage that they deserve. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mean, meanwhile, my like old coworkers, like hands are in their face, like. But I, I, it's a genuine. I, Did any sh- of your coworkers go, Mike? You so bad. Did no, anyone I, say that? I don't know what that means. Like, Mike, you so bad. I don't get. I don't get that. Is that like a catchphrase from a 1980s sitcom? I don't know. That's what it sort of sounds like. Yeah. Did anyone say that? No. Like a catchphrase? Okay. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Mm-hmm. But like. I just had nothing to lose. At one point in the conversation, I, like, started talking about, like, gay stuff. But, like, I was never in the closet um, professionally pretty much since I came out. Um, I've never professionally been in the closet. I don't don't hide it. But around people this far Are there people who are professionally in the closet? Like, Yeah. Yeah, I've dated a few. Remember the news reporter I dated? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he was gay, but like 
he just didn't talk about it. He never talked about like his wife or he's like women he this pounded. Is Sam Samson for Eyewitness News. <laughs> now I'm gonna go pound my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm gonna go cover street so, stories. So uh, that just pretty much happened. But at one point in the conversation, what did they your were t- boss's boss do? Was he just like, "I'd fire you if you work for me"? No, he's just so like old boys club. So he was like. I don't know. I just didn't even really feel like we had anything to talk about. Um, and I didn't even like try to make shit small talk with him because I didn't fucking care anymore. But um, it was interesting. It was a good time, though. Um, we, and then a group of us went to a bar afterward. And then that's when things got real. People stopped getting. Wait, what's the real world? Um, they stopped being polite and started, started getting, getting real. real. So what about you? What else is up uh, with you? Please tell me you have something else. Well, I went to the annual Lo Maximo Awards, which are the fundraising gala for Homeboy Industries. We've been doing this podcast for over a year because it's the second time you talked about this. Yeah. And it's so funny. I took a priest with me. Okay. Uh, yeah. But Did you... I didn't I didn't make out with him. I didn't score. No, <sighs> this is a priest who taught me. Oops. He taught me in high school, uh, and I had noticed la- after last year's event, he posted pictures from the news about the event. It turns out he's a big fan of Homeboy Industries. Sure. So this year when Richard, Mike, I have this cousin Richard. He's a week younger than I am, and he's gay. When it turned out he couldn't go to the Lo Maximo Awards this year, I said, you know what? I'm going to take Father Mike. I'm going to take Father Mike with me to the Lo Maximo Awards. Cool. That was nice of you to think of that. Yeah, and I had this. I remember him being like this funny philosophy teacher. That's who I had him for in high school, and just being like quirky and funny and just you know all around good guy. So I took him last night, Mike. He was so fucking boring and weird. <laughs> I am so glad I sat him next to Mercedes' dad. So they just had like old people talk. I almost asked you if he was married. And then, like, caught myself. No. He's not. He's married to the Lord. He's married to God. Okay. But he told these corny jokes and then would laugh at them after he said it. Yeah. You know? And I was like, oh, my God. It's like doing the podcast. Wait, what? <laughs> Give me an example. Oh, what did he say yesterday? Oh, God. Yes, this is a perfect example. He was talking to Mercedes. I'm going to do exactly how he did it. He was talking to Mercedes' dad. And he goes... Uh, people used to complain uh, that I would say inappropriate things in class, but I was just, you know, I was just doing, telling the truth. Like, I would ask the, the kids in the class, I would say, what gender is a peacock? And they would all get it wrong. And they would say, it's a, me- it's a male, it's cock, it has the word cock in it, you know? And then the female is a peahen. And so, you know, what's the, I'd ask them, what's the male version of a female dog? You know, a female dog is bitch. So what's the male version? Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying this story with so much spite. Like, you really genuinely disliked your time with this guy. I didn't dislike it. I was just very like, ugh. And so, whatever, he talked to uh, Mercedes' dad. But here's the thing, though. Now my quote-unquote date was taken up talking to somebody else, right? Yeah. And then Chris and Mercedes had these friends there. 
Now, I'm glad Chris and Mercedes don't listen to the show. Because they have these friends who I'm sure are perfectly nice people. Chris and Mercedes really like them. It's a couple. There were other people at the table too, but they're unimportant to the story. And during dinner, you know, it's kind of a free-for-all. Everyone can talk. And I tried joining in the conversation. I tried adding my two cents. It was as if, like, I was a person at another table trying to interject. Like, they would be like, <laughs> yeah, and I use this app. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I use that app. And then they would just stop and stare at me. <laughs> and then they'd just go back to talking to Chris and Mercedes as if, like, like if the waiter joined the conversation. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, who's this dumb Mexican who joined the conversation? And one of the things I learned is, you know, one of the things I tease Chris about is his social awkwardness. But what's funny is I think maybe it's from years of going to these kinds of events. He's actually really good at these events. I kind of admire him. His silence works, and he's really good at that kind of small talk. I mean, he shared with me that, yes, he's okay at it, but when it's over it feels like he lost his soul like he's so drained you know yeah but i i was telling uh richard today that like i don't like old joe before he met Mar- not before he started you know learning from marianne would have taken it very <laughs> personally mm-hmm. you know but new joe now i don't take it personally i just think oh this is a new skill set i have to learn you know, so this is why I said you're going to your to that dinner with your old job. Yeah. Um, it's like I'm just re- – believe it or not, I'm really good in small groups. I actually consider myself sort of a an outgoing person. But in like making small talk in large groups where I'm unfamiliar with things, I'm really, really bad. And I want to get good at it. Yeah. I think I – in my social thing that I was talking about, I was good at it because I didn't give a fuck. So I, I wasn't going to – this was like a lifetime ago. Like I'm not even involved in that profession anymore. Like I don't feel like I need to like keep a good relationship with these guys. So I just kind of had nothing to lose. Um, but when I'm in a situation where it's somebody that I care about their opinions, I get, I do uh, close up a little bit and I have trouble. I'm getting better at it as I age, but. Yeah, you I know what's struggle. funny, Richard, he wasn't giving advice. He was giving his two cents today. And he said something I thought that was very interesting, that when he goes to these kinds of events, he asks himself what kind of person he wants to be, right? And then he just plays a character the whole time? Kind of. Like, he's like yeah. am I going to be a spectator today or am I going to go here with this X, Y, and Z purpose? Yeah. And then he knows what his role is. And I guess I showed up just not knowing what my role was. And so I just felt sort of – I felt lost. I didn't feel hurt. I didn't feel like people were judging me. But I felt hurt. Out of place even? Yeah, kind of out of place. And you know what else is – remember last year I told the story about how I offered to volunteer for this organization? Yeah. And then they like ditched me at the meeting or something? Yeah. I actually spoke to the executive director and they were – I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I brought it up and he was like, oh. And it was just like, um, yeah, I mean I get – like they're so – I don't know what the fuck's going on with them. Again, I don't take it personally. I just think that they're just, they have a cracked out, crazy, disorganized organization. As much as good as they think they do, mm-hmm. I think it's 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 really um, indicative of the kind of badly run organization it is. Do they have perhaps a bias towards um, 
people with, and I'm not saying this is you, but like people with um, their own first world problems that want to make the world a better place coming in and like, do you know what I mean? Like, do they maybe try to focus on their clientele and getting their clientele to help them run things? No, no, no. They actually have tutors and people who volunteer who are very first worldy. You know what it is, is it's funny that you say that. I, I do think there is a little judging going on. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny is person after person after person gets up at this event and is like, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I was judged. Don't uh-huh. judge. Uh-huh. And I have deserve a second chance. And yet they're kind of judgy. Yeah. Which I think is so funny. So, yeah. hm. you know, what's funny is shockingly, you know, Richard and I were talking about this is Richard. Yeah, you know, has some criticisms of the organization that came up last year and he repeated it today, which were that, you know, he, he mentioned this to me yet last year at the dinner, you know, people get up there and they testify about their story of where they were and where they became. And one of the things they talk about is they'll say, they'll be like, I robbed 40 people and I carjacked 10 people and I like um, mugged 14 people and now, but then I came to Father G and I'm a better person and I'm here today, right? Yeah. And Richard was like, because I guess Richard's experienced violence at the hands of gang members. Okay. He's like, they never, and this is true, this is very true, they never apologize for their previous actions. They're just very like, this is the way I was, and here I am now. He's like, where's my fucking apology for when they broke into my house? You know, yeah, the but apology? I mean that that apology doesn't that apology should be done to the person that they did the harm to, not to the audience there. No, I understand that. Not that, the, not that the formally apologize, but they never even acknowledge that they did something wrong. Sure. Does that make sense? There's never like, oh, I wronged people, and I and I'm yeah. I and, feel and guilt. It's just in like my, in my head, I feel like maybe that reconciliation has to be done separately, and we can't say that it's not happening because uh, I, I think it's kind of a private thing, either between them and a higher power, or between them and um, the person they did that harm to. That's that's, that's my opinion. That's true. I'm just fucking so, mad at them because they keep ignoring me. about speaking of feeling out of place, Joey, I. Uh, went to this art exhibit. A friend of mine curated an art exhibit in San Francisco. The title was uh, Self-E-Representation. It was like self, but then I-E was in like parentheses. And it was all social media related art. So like one piece followed uh, the hashtag missing you on Instagram and like took these women's photos and like manipulated them and that was one thing. Another followed this one Instagram user in Spain. And like she kept the woman took a lot of selfies. And then this artist basically posed and like made duplicates of them, mm-hmm. which was interesting because like, uh, I don't know, it was it was interesting to me. But then there was also this big piece on Grindr and the relationships um, made using sex apps, sex apps, which was interesting to me as well. And I don't get art. I, I I'll be the first to admit that usually art is, um, I don't know. I don't know if complicated is the right word, but like, I just don't get how, like when people get really deep about like colors and stuff. And I, I like drawing. I like color. I like all of that, but I you just know don't what's get so it. funny is I've learned, I used to be like you. 
Not yeah. like you were doing anything wrong. Yeah. I used to wonder, like, oh, these people with the colors. And they're, they're, I'm like, you know what? Most of that, like, this fucking wine shit is bullshit, mm-hmm. right? To me, I look at a piece of art, and if it affects me aesthetically or in some way, then I think it's a good piece of art. If I'm bored by it or whatever, I don't think it's that good. You can't. I'll tell you what I think is good art, then you tell me what you think is good art, and there you go. Sure. You know? When when I got there, there was this computer in the corner. It looked like – and so the computer had, like, Facebook on it, and it looked like it was, like, the admin desk was just, like, exposed because this was, like, a gallery space, big open loft area. So I just thought that was, like, the desk. At one point, I sat down um, and tied my shoes sitting there, and there's, like, printouts on the wall. So I kind of looked at them a little bit, and it was, like, web traffic, like, black and white inkjet printouts i was like oh this is like her admin space probably so my friend gave me the tour and she was like this piece was done by so and so and means yada yada and then we got to the desk where i had tied my shoes joey um why did she start introducing the desk as art and i'm like what (laughs) so i like sat on it and like was doing my shoes but it's like then some idiot (laughs) sat this desk but why the fuck is that art? You plugged in a computer and you printed out your web traffic and then you that's this is your installation. Again, once again, it's it's this thing where like, you know, if it affects you viscerally, mm-hmm. then it's art. If not, then that's up to you to decide. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is a lot of times artists want to be like oh, don't tell me what my art is or, you know, don't, you don't understand it. And But it's like, well, don't tell me how to respond to your art as well. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird dance and obviously the great ones touch the most people. Sure. You know? I, I, I respect art. I, I'm just the worst person to go to a gallery with. I just zoom through them. I don't stand and like stare at stuff for a long time. Like I, there are certain pieces of art that I really like and I understand that I like it, but I don't really know, you know, anything deeper than that. But it, it sort of reminds me of, um, remember you were reading, are you still reading Gone Girl? Oh, I finished that a while ago. It's okay. good. It was good. And some people might not say that's great literature because it's not like, it's not like Jonathan Franzen or anything like that. It's not like playing with language or like Juno Diaz, right? Yeah. But it tells a really good yarn, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and think it's... it's just as valid as any sort of like, you know, there you can make art with story and you can make art with language. And it, it you can't judge which, which one is better than the other. Well, the, the challenge there, I feel like a book is a book and that is hard to say, yes, this is a novel or no, this is not. You know, I mean, it's hard to say that something might be a novel. Either it is or it isn't. But with some of this like conceptual art stuff that they do, and kind of maybe one of my news stories touches on this too, The it's harder to say like, yes, that is art. Like you hit file and print and you t- scotch tape these to the wall and you call that art. Like I don't know that there's like craft craftsmanship involved. Like don't you have to do something? I don't, know. I don't know because you remember I know there's a documentary about these people, but there's these this couple, and I think one of them might be dead now. But they were like 
normal blue collar middle class people but they really loved art and they had one of the most they still do because they gave it away respected art collections in the world because they used to discover new artists and help them and fund them and in return the artists would give them some piece of art and i remember they were going through the apartment in like 60 minutes and they showed some i guess he's some artist who's famous but he all he did was he just took a piece of rope and nailed it like in a knot on top of their like on their wall and they were like oh my god and this piece is worth this but you know what's really weird is i looked at that and i was like wow that's kind of awesome does that make sense so like yeah you know one time actually one of my biggest regrets and i don't buy art i was at in, at this gallery in san francisco i was just walking through and there was this piece of art and all it was it looked like I don't really know how to describe it. It was like a simple sketch of a school-age girl, like with ponytails and stuff like that. And it looked kind of like cartoony. Mm -hmm. And underneath, I don't remember what was written, but was written in that like block letters. Like she had practiced her writing something. Mm -hmm. And it was like uh, 200 bucks or something, right? And I was like, I really want to buy this. But then I just left and I didn't buy it. And Mm -hmm. it's one of my biggest regrets for not buying it because for some reason, and I can't explain why, and I think when you get into explaining why – that's when it gets complicated. It really spoke to me. I really liked this piece of art. Mm-hmm. So I just think if you just trust your instincts, um, then then that art is what's good to you. Yeah. I, I have, because of the work that I do, I also have found myself a lot recently looking at like typography. So like I've, I really like signs and I like things of that nature and pictures of signs i don't know for some reason really get me going so i think i like things i just haven't been able to like really refine or i can't I articulate I, like exact, I can't articulate <laughs> i think i what like things <laughs> what else do you got going on any news stories you want to tell me about Did you what do about this donald stories? sterling never heard of him who is he joe donald <laughs> sterling is the owner of the los angeles clippers his son had type 1 diabetes Oh, died. really? Yeah, died in 2013. Ooh, awkward. Yeah. Did you listen so, to the show? <laughs> I don't want to lose any fans. Um, so Donald's, Donald Sterling, yeah? We're, that's how far behind we are. I know, I this know. Sh- but there were developments this week. We wouldn't have covered him on the show. Yeah. You know? So as everyone probably knows, he was recorded by his girlfriend, V. Stiviano, saying some rather awful racist remarks. And on Monday, the NBA uh, banned him for life. And there's talk now of having the owner strip away his franchise rights and he's forcing him to sell the team. Mike, actually, you know what's so funny is the story's only like a week old. It's a week old. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I, I don't n- really care about a lot of this i feel like it's kind of taking its course naturally that's mike as someone who's used similar language before <laughs> in private conversations with me were you well, like wait, on wait, donald wait, sterling's wait, wait. side it wasn't really what he did he didn't use any bad language did he oh yeah he wasn't like you okay um no he just said awful things about black people yeah what he said was awful but he didn't use like a slur at all. Like no, that's, that's what you language. do. That's okay. what you do. You're right. That's why 
I should correct myself. You're right. Thank Sorry, you. Donald Sterling. Um, no, but the, so you had no thoughts about this when this was going on. Well, I mean, my thoughts are not. I feel like the public is on the right side of this. Um, so like, do you think? Do you think he he uh, the NBA is doing the right thing by taking away his team away from him? Well, I guess that so the NBA has money to lose here, right? Yeah. So I think that's why that's the I mean if there was a boycott of the team the NBA would be financially hit by that. So that's why they're doing it, correct? Yes. I mean I think there would be a revolt if they kept it, but not only that, but like with a team that's that hated, then it actually hurts the other franchise owners. What do you think about um we had a guy, you know, a few weeks ago, the president of Mozilla who mm-hmm. publicly donated money to uh hurt the civil rights of gay people and sure people debated if he should keep his job or not and then this guy pub, uh, privately uh expresses racist feelings and people are outraged and you know talking about boycotting his team and he must be fired now and what do you what do you see there it's funny that you say that. It's something that I deal with quite frequently because you hear a bunch of idiots, a lot of idiots I know too, who will be like, oh, First Amendment rights. Well, clearly First Amendment, First Amendment. I'm like, no, shut up, dummy. I hate when people do this. The First Amendment only protects you. Donald Sterling wasn't arrested. Yeah. The government didn't go and arrest him. Yeah. His First Amendment rights were protected, you know? And so, and we have the First Amendment rights to call you an asshole, and we have the First Amendment right not to go to your games, and the NBA has, well, it's not a First Amendment right, but they do have a right to strip him of his, if they don't like his language, to strip him of his uh, uh, franchise rights, you know? First Amendment rights, people, sometimes people first, sometimes people think First Amendment rights mean you can say whatever you want, and no one can say anything back to you. Right. And you're like, you're an idiot. Because then they have First Amendment rights where they can call you an asshole. Yeah. Do you not see, though, that the outrage over somebody being anti-gay was significantly smaller over – I mean, we debated it, right? And there's no real debate that this guy should be n- – no one respectable is debating that this guy should be out. Well, I think everyone can agree that it's um, an out. It's really a sin against God to be gay. So there's just a small minority of people who – weirdos who think that um or i call them queerdos who um support gay people us straight people (laughs) yeah Uh we don't care about gay people i just care about black people as we all know and uh i protect their rights and i don't like people insulting them thank you yeah (sighs) so um i have a story to tell you about joey um, last night in Oakland, this happened, um, and it looks like, I think today in the mission it's happening as well. Basically, this married couple bought a big white bread truck, um, like a box truck, right? And they have, in the back, when you open it up, the back, there's this private room, and it's made for fucking. So you mm-hmm. could you could rent out the box truck. Do truck. they call it the fuck truck or anything like that? Joey, they call it the hookup truck, but I thought, isn't fuck truck such a better name? Yeah. But maybe they don't... They don't want to offend people with their <laughs> car that they drive around for people to fuck in. So the the fuck truck or hookup truck or whatever received a bunch of internet buzz. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of reporters when it debuted last night. Um, I don't really. They should get... call it the Google Bus. I don't really oh. get though. Like that name taken. Google Bus. Yeah. I don't... Is that a joke? Go on, go on with your story. Um, I can't really tell if this is art or a social experiment or if they're really making money off of this. So they're charging $75 for 30 minutes, and that's if you find the truck. So if you go to an event, the fuck truck is there, and you're like, oh, let's go fuck on the fuck truck. 75 what did, we, what did you and Ron Kyle think of it? And then um, if you want the truck to come to you, then that they'll charge you $150, and then they'll come up. But I don't get it. Like if this you're is like at an home, escort. It's like in calls and out calls. If you're at home, Joey, why do you need the truck to come to you? What? Like if you are at home, why do you need the fuck truck? Well, like the because you you want to maybe get you know like crabs. I just don't get it. But they free condoms. You ever are watched? The, I know there's a straight version called Bang Bus. But do you ever watch the gay one, Bait Bus? I've seen it. Yeah. Is it like that? No, it's like a box truck, so it's like all closed in, and then inside it's like furnished like a bedroom. Because sometimes when I'm watching Bait Bus, I'm like, what do the people who are driving by see? Yeah, do you think that they have like um, like windows tinted or something? It, they must. They must, Mike. Yeah. Because I know like a lot of the action probably takes place below the window line. But sometimes they like. I mean, you're gonna see some bare ass and shit like that. Or if anything else, you'll see two guys face to face, and one of them's like jumping up and down. Or aren't you gonna see like a camera guy? Yeah. Like just <laughs> there filming. So like, what's going on? Why is there a shirtless man with his arms spread out, looking down, and, then, and a camera pointing down? Back to this truck. Uh, Hundred fifty bucks. Do you think for... those are real? Do you think that that's so staged, right? What? Bait bus. Yeah, oh, bait bus for sure. So if you don't know, there's a few straight people listening and um, really nice folks that don't l- watch porn, maybe. Um, I'm thinking of that uh, woman. I know her name, but I don't want to say it. Who lives in, like, Seattle and owns a bakery. Yeah. <laughs> she's listening right now. And she emails us, and she's like, do you guys want to use my baitbus.com uh, username? <laughs> <laughs> um. So in Bait Bus, if you don't know, basically they have like this hot chick bring in some quote unquote straight guy, usually pretty straight looking, and she's he like, she's like, I'll blow you right now. Here, put this uh, bandana over your eyes. So he does it, and he like sits there, and then now what's the logic? Why does she want him to put the bandana over his eyes? What is the logic? I don't logic know she if gives there him? is logic. That is another reason why it's probably fake. So then what happens is the guy. Or the woman, like, sneaks away and a guy starts giving him head. And then... Yeah, but then he always catches the guy. Always. And he pushes him off and is, like, mad. And then he always, without fail, says, like, well, we already started, so let's finish yeah, they, this. And they offer a bunch of money. Here's the problem with bait bus, and I wonder if bang bus is the same thing, too. I have to put it on mute because the, the, the play-by-play guy they have uh-huh. is so fucking annoying i don't know that i know what you're talking about they always have like a girl or a guy who's like come on man uh isn't that great they do the horrible puns Mm -hmm. like looks like you're a i can't even be as annoying as they are and they just horrible they have the most annoying voices and they're yelling and they think they're really funny and i'm just like you know what 
I just want to masturbate. I don't want to hear a chick. I don't want to hear some annoying guy. I just don't know. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, um, thank you. Don't you think though, for $150 for 30 minutes, can't you go to like a cleaner motel six or like for, if you have that, I just don't understand what this is all about. I don't know. But they're showing at showing up. But you at know public what it events. is? People have dumb businesses now. Did you? This is not. Wait, I hope this is not one of your stories. But did you hear about this? It, it, this is the sign of the bubble of the tech bubble bursting. But that that the, that startup that is doing Dropbox, but for your stuff. No. What do you mean? Did you see this story? I don't even get what you mean. <laughs> well, exactly, because it's so stupid. You'll understand in a second. They're calling it in their like in their like investment. Uh, ad Dropbox for your it's like Dropbox for your stuff it's putting your stuff in the cloud so you take extra stuff in your house <laughs> and you put it in a box okay and they'll pick it up and take it somewhere and store it for you and then when you want it you call them and then they'll bring it to you and you can take it out okay but why not just get a storage unit exactly it's just storage but they're using these tech terms, and they're, like, advertising as, like, a tech startup. It's so weird. I can't remember what it's called. It's so stupid. But that's what this thing is. Now we're at the point now where we've run out of, like, tech businesses. Started. Now we have, like, uh, fuck bus or fuck truck. Fuck truck. Um, hookup, hookup truck, they're calling it. They're showing up at public events, basically just a rolling motel room. What's up in L.A.? Tell me a good story. What? What's up in L.A.? Tell me a good story. Hmm. Well, there are lots of good stories happening. Do you know any of them? Yes, of course I do. Are you stalling because you didn't take notes? No. Did you hear about the court, uh, the Supreme Court, um, refusing to refuse decisions? Refuses to refute decision tossing out Orange County bans against sex offenders. Did you read about that? No. What are you talking about? You like you said it, but I don't really get it. Uh, well, the California State Supreme Court refused Wednesday to review an appellate court's ruling that uh, struck down a ban on registered sex offenders in parks in 15 Orange County cities, uh, in in 30 cities. Here's what it is. Is I guess in some cities or California or somebody, who who is it again? What? I Joey, you're not making any sense to me. (laughs) The supreme, the California Supreme Court said that cities could not ban. um, They struck down. Well, no, the California Supreme Court refused. Okay, so a lower court. I'm telling you, I'm you make you talk. You sound like your mother right now. That is the most <laughs> offensive thing you've ever said to me. No, a, a, a lower court just said that cities cannot ban registered sex offenders from going to parks. And the California uh, Supreme Court refused to hear a challenge to that decision. Okay, so right now, sex offenders can go to public places like parks. Yes. Okay. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, I... It. This is one of those stories, um, or one of those issues that really pulls me in two directions. Because, like, a sex offender uh, who is out and living life should, like, 
if everything we do works, if our laws work, and if the punishment is just, and they did their time, they should be able to live a normal life as much as possible, right? But then I agree. The, I think sex offenses, though, many times, not always, because you know, like peeing in public is considered considered. You would have to register as a sex offender. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other things that are just maybe not so crazy as like raping a child or something. But I feel like sex crimes, the reason why we have these laws that are a little more strict um, is because people who do sex crimes once statistically are are more likely to do them again, right? So like if you rob a chocolate shop, it's not like you can never be around chocolate again, Um even like drug crimes, like if you did something, you know, related to drugs, it's not like you can't go to a pharmacy or something. Like we don't do those same things, but we do limit the the things that people do after they've been committed or have been prosecuted for a sex crime. I don't know. I've, I've, that's how I feel. I feel you're right. Like sometimes – and this is what's difficult is you have to balance the greater social good and justice with the desire to keep people safe. And sometimes you have to jeopardize a little safety in order to keep society just. And that's in this case here, uh, I think as well, like, yes, um, sex offenders do have a tendency to repeat their crimes. I think it's a very, very high recidivism rate you know but you have to sacrifice the risk with the idea that there's people who don't and who knows what happens and they they need to have some sort of semblance of a life if you don't want them actually to go back you know when you make it more difficult i think they have you leave them with so little few options that they just were like well i might as well fucking just do it again yeah you know, it's it's weird. It's, it's a tough one, but I think that the Supreme Court and this lower court uh, protected our um, civil um, liberties well here. And uh, yeah, maybe you should keep them away from schools. Um, keep them away from. Um, How many kids go to parks places? anymore? Anyway, they're all inside playing video games. Well, yeah, very few kids go into the parks by themselves anyway. Yeah, I I mean, there's probably neighborhoods though where people do. You know, the park is, like, the place to be. But Well, you know, by my parents' house, there is a really nice skate park in, in a park, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I go with my binoculars to go <laughs> stare <laughs> at that, uh-huh. then um, I often, with the binoculars, will see other creepy men staring at the... Staring back at, at you? Yeah, yeah, staring back at me. And then we just, like, I just give them, like, a little salute. Hmm. That's an interesting story. I don't know why you got so like confused and tongue tied though. But what? That's I'm just I'm really tired. Okay. What's going on with you, Mike Lawson? Um, I already told you. Uh, oh, but... that's both stories. No, that was one news story, but I have another oh. one. Um, last night, actually, this 26 year old man who. Do you remember that song from uh, the, the Strokes? Sing it. Last night. Something, something. Ba, 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 ba. But I don't remember what the words were. But um, so it's but the, this... the singer's name was Julian Casablancas, and Drew Barrymore dated one of the people in it. 
This is not about any of them, but last night a 26-year-old man named Steven Guillermo was out drinking with friends. Um, he that has like a hot date for you, he Steven Guillermo. Stumbled. He's actually really hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he stumbled home drunk to his apartment uh, after 1 a.m. So it was technically today. Um, it was in the south of Market area, which uh, is known as Soma. And Stephen lived on the fifth. Is it Stephen with a PH or Stephen with a V? PH. Stephen lived on the fifth floor of his apartment building, but he was drunk and he apparently pressed the wrong elevator button. So he got off on the third floor and he went to the unit that was two stories below his actual home. And he thought it was his apartment, obviously. And he got, he opened the door somehow. I don't know if it was unlocked or if he like forced himself in. But when he got inside, a 68-year-old man that lived there had a gun, and he shot him dead. So what's interesting to me about the story is the police arrested the 68-year-old man. So I don't know if the shooting happened outside of the apartment maybe, or um, I don't know if it wasn't like he felt, or the police are assuming he wasn't in danger, or he wasn't, I don't know, it's weird. Uh, but the well, I think it's one of these things which is uh, it, it may be that the guy gets off because if he has a reasonable per, uh, perceived level of threat, he'll probably get off. Yeah. Or he might, you know, what he might get is manslaughter. He actually, uh, so in the one of the news stories I read about, I read two of them. He said something about how his door, uh, he had complained because like vandals had broken his doorknob off before. So, like, if he felt threatened in that apartment already and then somebody, like, literally breaks into your apartment, I don't know. I just feel really shitty about it because, like, this 60-year-old man killed someone. That doesn't feel good. And then this Stephen Guillermo's family Actually, lost. Actually, it feels great. <laughs> I mean, did him. I? No, I just, I'm going to edit that out. Are you going to do a d- different joke? No, that was the joke. Oh. Mike, you don't even edit the show. <laughs> and then um joey this Stephen guillermo though is was really sexy he worked as a lyft driver i just um, saw him <whistles> oh, man. i would sexually harass him remember how you talked about how lyft drivers get sexually harassed all the time you'd break his knob <laughs> <laughs> are you looking at the san francisco giants picture yeah the, with the little stickers under his eyes yeah are you kidding me with this He's adorable with the, like, smile lines next to his eyes. It's, like, clearly taken from an Instagram I'm going to cut this out, but he looks like, um, what's his nuts? Yeah, like a cute version. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, please take I that am out. Cutting, I'm cutting that out. I'm cutting that out. Please take that you out. Should li- I'm going to cut it out, but you should listen to make sure that I do. No, you know what you should do? Is mm-hmm. you should do... He looks like beep, and then I'm like, ah, but a cute version of beep. No, they're gonna, people are gonna look it up. They're gonna know. No, you, you. I don't think he looks like. Oh, okay. Um, so that happened, and um, I don't know. You don't have anything to say about it. Well, no. I, I mean, I think it's sad for this man. He, you know, it's one of these things where they have to arrest him. They just have to. But I think there's a very good reasonable explanation, uh, expectation that he'll either get charged with some sort of minor, not minor, but like manslaughter, 
or because here's the thing if you're a DA if a jury hears this you have to take into account is a jury going to convict a 68 year old man who has a reasonable assumption of threat based on this now it's unfortunate the guy should have known where he was going sometimes mistakes happen but you have to wonder am I going to spend all this money and energy to prosecute this guy when it was an accident and he had a, a a reasonable suspicion of threat do you think things like his age will play into it like if we put this guy in prison, he's going to be he, like, we're basically giving him a life sentence for this. Whereas if I did it and I got manslaughter and went to jail for 10 years, it's different. Do you think that that makes a difference? I don't know. I don't know anything. about. It may law. not be like officially, but they might think, you know, privately they'll have this conversation. Like it depends on how old the 68 year old man looks. If he looks like an old, like I look, if I was a 60 year old guy, I'd all of a sudden be like acting like 86. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Just to like, so he would be like, I'm an old man. What do you got going on uh, next week, Joey? Next week? Um, well, oh, on Tuesday, I'm attending the live um, taping of the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Cool. Um, and then uh, next Saturday, I might, I might, small, 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 smallest of chances, Go to a Marianne event. But isn't also next week Mother's Day as well? Sunday is, yeah. Yeah. So Mother's Day, maybe Marianne, and uh, that's it. Cool. On Wednesday, we're going to be taping a live show on Pride48.com at 8.30 p.m. Pacific. So everybody should join us for that at 8.30 p.m. on Pride48.com. Join the chat room. Listen live. You're going to hear some stories that we will never release (gasps) on a public episode. Um, Wait, Mike, no. What? Yeah, we do a full hour, Joey. No, I know, but we're releasing the... Sh- Remember I felt guilty about skipping a show, so we're releasing the live show. Yeah, not the full thing, though. Oh. Okay, carry on. And then um, I have uh, received my insulin pump. It is in my possession. Uh, I don't get trained to use it until Friday, though, so I have to just sit and stare at it till then. I'm really actually nervous. Like, I... I mean, it's a very powerful device that, like, at the touch of a button could kill me. So, like, there's that. But what? Yeah. I mean, like. Oh, how, what... do, how do I get my hands on this? <laughs> so, there's that. But then also, like, I'm worried a little bit about, like, dating in the future. Like, if I have a. Pump... Like, oh, like, yeah, the, like when cars fly and stuff like that? No, like, in the future, when, like, going on dates when, like, and you... having an insulin pump on me and, like, getting judged that I look like. A cyborg freak or something. I'm one of the judgiest people ever. Yeah. And there was a guy that I liked. And he took out an insulin pump. I would head for the hills. No, I'm. Just, <laughs> no, I would be cool with it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not the sexiest thing. That's all. And I don't yeah. need. I don't need more shit working. As long me. as they have the semen pump, then everyone's gonna be good. We we know what kind of semen. That's a weapon that could kill somebody. And like, there's just so many, so much uncharted territory with that area. Like when you're really intimate with somebody, like where with does the semen pump or the insulin? Pump? The ins- well, either. But like, where does it go? Where does have that- you ever gotten like like diabetes lightheaded when you're having sex? Oh yeah. <gasps> I mean, it's not. It's so. Well, what do you do? Physical- like, hold on, I gotta eat a candy. Physical activity makes your blood sugar drop. So if oh, my blood does? sugar was going down already and I started getting very physical, then, yeah, my blood sugar's dropped, you know, quite a bit. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to point out. Mike and I both received a very nice gift oh, from, yeah. from 
uh, fan of the show Jenny from Ohio. Thank you, she Jenny. She sent us two cans of Skyline Chili. From... You got two cans? Well, how many did you get? I'm just kidding. I got two, oh. too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean, no, I only got one. Um, from Ohio, we had talked about it on our Catching Up with Catching Up call, and she was kind enough to send it to us. And thank you very much, Jenny. I'm, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, don't forget, everybody, you can join us on Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Pacific on Pride48.com. Live. Go to hell, Mike. <laughs> Bye, Joe. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, 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 um